Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, the founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. And I basically got into this space because my mom had dementia for 30 years, and I thought it was just critical um, to help people find resources and um, connect them to information, products, and tools that are out there that um, I felt were kind of locked behind closed doors. And so here we just like to have an open conversation. Today, our topic is really just going to be uh, what I call open mic. So we, we have no format. <laughs> we're we're going to kind of uh, go with a, a free flow form. Um, but before I introduce you to our guest today, I always uh, know that we get new listeners to Alzheimer's Speak. So I want to just share a little bit um, about who we are and what we do and why we do it first. Bottom line, um, Alzheimer's Speaks, again, was created due to my mom's journey. And we are an advocacy-based company um, with multiple platforms. And what that means is you know, we have a blog, we have the radio show, we use uh, video chat. We use a lot of different platforms. I go out and speak and train um, to help shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort because we don't believe that we can do it on just one plane. Um, we don't think that one voice can cut through it all either or have all the knowledge. And so we believe it's important to um, share knowledge and just have everyday comfortable conversations where we can respectfully agree to disagree with one another um, in order to move the bar a little bit higher when it comes to dementia care. And we also know that um, collaboration is really the only way we're going to win this battle. And I always like to thank our audiences for your clicks and your likes. You might not think that that matters, but it does. It shares information to your different spheres. And when you um, share information, you have people in your sphere of influence that are probably dealing with dementia or some form of caregiving that you don't even know about because they haven't felt comfortable enough talking about it yet. And so by sharing that information, not only are you helping people in your circles, if it's Facebook, if it's Twitter, if it's LinkedIn, if it's Pinterest, um, any of those forms, um, you are also helping elevate um, Alzheimer's Speaks as a whole. And so by doing that, we ended up getting recognized by Oprah as a health hero this year. We've been recognized by Maria Shriver as an architect of change for humanity and by Dr. Oz as the number one influencer online. And I don't say that to pat myself on the back because that was not my doing. That was all of our work together. And, and, I, and I say that to really um, show the importance of collaboration and to be able to get an elevated voice is what we need. Anyways, it's what I believe dementia needs if we're going to really make progress and, and push things through. 
I also always like to tell people, hey, you could be our next guest because everyone is welcome. So maybe you are wondering, do you have dementia symptoms? Maybe you've been diagnosed. Maybe you're caring for a loved one or a friend. You could be a business professional that has a service, a product, a tool. Um, we've had everything on here from um, authors and movie directors and singers and songwriters to Harvard Research um, to people who have biked across the country. Everyone is welcome. Everyone can use their talents um, to better this movement and to raise awareness to the cause. And, and we encourage we encourage raising others' voices because it inspires other people to step up into their skill sets, into their passions, and feel a little bit more comfortable to become part of the community. I also, um, people are always asking me, you know, where are you going to be next? I, I'd like to meet you. So I just thought I'd let you know in March, I'm going to be in Indiana, um, March uh, uh, 6th through the 9th. I'll be doing what they call a community conversation for the library system, and we're going to be doing some screenings of the um, dementia film, His Neighbor Phil, and doing a talk back. And then in um, mid-March, the 15th through the 19th, I'm going to be in Melbourne, Florida for a conference, and I'll be doing some training. And then at the end of March, the 26th through the 28th, I am going to be at Washington. They're having the Northwest Rural Health Conference. And I, I, can't, I just can't wait to go out there and talk with them because I always hear about the rural communities and how much they need resources. So you can get more information about all of those on my homepage there. And then I also like to always give a shout out to a few organizations that I just think are doing some great things. One is the Women's Alzheimer's Movement, which is Maria Shriver's. Um, she has a great Sunday paper that is really inspirational and she has um, she has her own insights, but then she interviews so many change makers around the world. And she shares those in both written and video format. And I just always, I, every Sunday morning, I just love popping that open because it's really inspiring people working in their passion. There's also um, an organization called the Call Alert Center, which when you're dealing with, with dementia, sometimes people worry about wandering, both people that are diagnosed and their care partners. Um, worry, you know, am I going to wander and what's going to happen if something like that happens? And the Call Alert Center helps you establish uh, your criteria ahead of time and your kind of an information notice. And if you should need it, they coordinate with the police and they blast it out to the phone systems. And then they have um, basically a PDF that you can blast out to social media and have a circle of friends to help you push that out to help help find somebody um, because they really say that eyes and ears are one of the primary detectors if someone, you know, has, has gone missing. And they also work with um, anything from your pets to your grandchildren to if you travel abroad, it, um, their notices um, will even change languages and stuff. So it's a pretty cool system. It's very economical. And then the, um, Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Center, I just love them because they take a holistic approach um, to prevention and living with the disease, and they, they've done some neat things. So let me go ahead and um, 
I'm going to just briefly introduce our guests here, and I want them to go ahead and, and introduce themselves in more detail. So my co-host today is from overseas, and I'm going to crucify his name, so I'm just going to say that up front because I've tried 12 times till Sunday, and I still can't do it right. So I will say his name, and then he will tell you the correct way to say it. So Hedert Bettergeen is an author, and he has written this book here moving on by standing still and we did an interview a while back that was just very enlightening so you can go back in the archives and and find uh, more information out about that but Garrett why don't you go ahead and tell people uh, a little bit uh, more about yourself and what you do and why you do it yes thank you Laurie for having me on your show again that uh, more and more feels uh, coming home really <laughs> Uh, I, I got every day and every time new friends like like Harry. I, I know Harry, and I hope to meet through more often. So thank you. Um, my English is not so good. Excuse me for that. I'm from the Netherlands, but I can't uh, think you can speak uh, Dutch. No? Maybe you can no Dutch. Dutch. No? <laughs> no Dutch. <laughs> no, okay. no Dutch today. Um, I, I, I'm 66 years old. And I'm uh, married. I, did, I never told you. I think I'm married. <laughs> three three sons, three daughters-in-law, and four grandchildren. So I'm a very proud man to to be in this situation. Um, in, in the past, I was a nurse. After that, I was a social worker. I was a teacher. I was a therapist. I was. I did always the things I really liked to to do. And as you told, uh, I, I wrote a book, and the book, I think you, you read something about my book, from my book, and uh, uh, it's just to, 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 to look people in a different way to so-called problem behavior. That is my passion, because I hate the word problem behavior. I think the only persons who, who uh, show problem behavior are the nurses and social workers. They show problem behavior. I think your behavior is, always correct we have to understand what is going on so that's my passion that is my passion and and since i wrote this book my mind my, my my world is completely changed i wrote it in the netherlands uh, i published in the netherlands and belgium and now since four months three months in english and now i am invited to go to china uh, next month for two two and a half weeks to to, to help in the nursery homes, to, to look at behavior. I go to the UK, I go to Canada, and once I come to you, Laurie, I, I promise, once I come. Great. So I feel very, and I'm so, this is such, such a unique um, uh, format you have to meet Harry and True. For me, it's, it's more important than to meet you, Laurie. Sorry that I say that. <laughs> <laughs> because I think the real specialists are, uh, Harry and True, because they only know how it feels to have dementia. So I think you're the specialist, so I want to listen to you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Great. And one thing I just want to add about your book, you really talk about um, looking at behaviors as signals and, yes. and categorizing those different, and um, which I think is real important, and I'm very, very much aligned with that. Um, True, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, please? My full legal name is Truthful Loving Kindness, 
and my current diagnosis is mild cognitive impairment. Um, it's definitely progressive, but it is slowly progressing, too slow to fit in any of the standard boxes for dementia. I am assistant administrator for Dementia Mentors, and I am on the advisory council for USA's um, Dementia Action Alliance. Great. Thank you. Harry, can you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, I, I was glad I didn't follow him because my introduction isn't half as elaborate as his. <laughs> <laughs> my, name, my name's Harry Urban. Um, I live in Pennsylvania. 14 years ago now, I was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And... Um, my passion grew into leaving people know that even though you've been diagnosed with with any form of dementia, your life is not over. Uh, I became a Purple Angel ambassador and a Sentimenta ambassador. Um, one is the Purple Angels originated over in, in the United Kingdom and Sentimenta was Italy. And I also created a Spanish-speaking group, No Mio Vitas, um, for the Spanish community. And like everybody else, my passion is raising dementia awareness. Right. Thank you. Um, I think to start out today, I'm going to start with True, because True, um, you had mentioned when we were offline, this is the first time you can participate in the radio show because we're doing it on a video platform. So I think it would be interesting for people to know why that is. Well, you know, everybody's Swiss cheese holes are different with dementia. And I like to say I like to call it Swiss cheese because Swiss cheese tastes really good. If you don't focus on the holes, you focus on the cheese that's there. Everybody has different cheese that is still intact. My visual processing is still very intact. My audio processing is practically empty. If I cannot see your lips, I have no idea what you're saying. It's just a bunch of noise. So it's it's exciting that you can participate when we do these recordings now. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So and we we then have the ability to push it out just as audio, which no one will know that you're looking at lip, or I can put that out in the uh, video package and or both. So yeah, it's just a it's a nice nice way to be able to do it. I found some people are still a little nervous with what the whole video thing is and how it works. So for me, it works good to have, have both sides there. Um, so thanks for sharing that. Cause I think that that's something that people don't always understand when they're communicating. And, and this really goes with people at large. I mean, it's, it's not just somebody with dementia. Everybody hears and sees things a little bit different, but we all assume everybody sees everything just the way we see it. But it is very prevalent with dementia that we will either have one or the other intact for much longer. Some of my friends have visual practically non-existent, and they're, almost all of their valuable input is strictly audio. Does it, does it feel like being, like being deaf, Drew? 
I suppose, kind of. So, so since when you 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 meant you you, you realize your your ears were not so good? Um, my audio processing has always been a bit off. Uh, I forget what they call it. I didn't know what they call it until my daughter was diagnosed with it, but. The sound, just like most of my family has um, dyslexia. Okay, yes. And yes. one of the neurologists calls it audio dyslexia, the okay. sounds scramble. And that has always been there. But now it's much, much, much worse. So how often you have to say, please look at me? Oh, plenty of times. In yes. fact... Um, I think I dropped two neurologists because they would not talk slowly enough and talk to me directly. And um, there's no sense in having a doctor that you can't communicate with. Yeah. yeah. Well, and good for you for being brave enough to make the switch, to know what your needs are. You know, a lot of people still put that doctor up on the pedestal and, you know, none of us should be on a pedestal, <laughs> you know, as far as I'm concerned. And um, to, to really, you know, know what your needs are and go, okay, there's got to be somebody else out there that'll work with this. You know, this, I can't, I'm not the only one. And this is just a, it's, a, you know, when it comes to communication, it's just downright, it's, it's being respectful. You know, to ask somebody to look at you when they're talking to you. I mean, if you're if you're talking to a group of a thousand people, granted, it's hard to make eye contact with everybody. But you know, in that in those situations, that only makes sense. Yes, I was a teacher for some years for deaf children. Deaf children. So I worked with deaf children. Okay. So I had to concentrate constantly on the child I was talking to. That's why now I'm more in the front now. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you uh, follow me now, Drew? No. Okay. Here. <laughs> Harry, no. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's blind. <laughs> what, what's, what's, the, what's the point, though, uh, we should try to bring out is Truthful was able to adapt mm -hmm. so she could still participate in something. And that's what that's what we say all the time with people living with dementia. Don't give up on the things you think you can't do. Adapt to them. Change something. Like Truthful said, this is the first radio show she was on, and she wasn't on before because she couldn't she couldn't hear. You know, mm -hmm. she had has problems, but she adapted to it. And how she adapted is we now are looking at each other. Mm -hmm. yes. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and the other thing, too, that I think is important when you talk about adapting, we do that all, all, all throughout our life. I mean, it's, so it's like don't stop now, yeah. you know, because you have a, some type of chronic illness or, you know, what, what appears to be a monumental problem. You know, it's uh, it, it, we can all get overwhelmed. But, you know, when we... You know, for me, one of the things I always ask is, what's the lesson? Because if I'm, if I'm up against a wall, there's, there must be something that I need to learn, something that I'm not seeing to make sense. And then when I ask that question, 
and I'll, I'll ask it, you know, to myself, to the, my higher power, you know, when I'm really frustrated and, you know, what's the lesson, what's the lesson? What I find is it, it, it makes my mind consciously look for the answer. Instead of focusing on the problem, now I'm focusing on finding the answer. And we only will find typically what we're looking for. And so, again, life is, life is just a series of adaptions, you know, and different stages of life. Um, True, you had a comment? Um, I've been physically disabled most of my adult life, starting at 17, and progressively physically disabled. And so I've been very conscious of disability issues. And I truly think most everyone is disabled. It's just identifying that so that you can find what workarounds mm-hmm. can work. Otherwise, you're living without what you could be doing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The work so like you say, it's just continuing what ideally you would have been doing in other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And, and true. Is, is there a difference uh, feeling disabled or being disabled? For you, is that a difference? I don't know. Um, I do feel disabled. But I don't feel that it ends my life or really ends very many things at all. It just means I need to find coping mechanisms and strategies. Okay, okay. It means sometimes I need help with strategies. My husband is a great one for helping me with strategies. And um, I designed and did all the blueprints for this house. And... Of course, that was before my dementia progressed very much. But I did it in such a way that it is very, very disabled friendly. Even if I end up in a wheelchair, I can go anywhere in the house. And on the porch, we've got a wraparound um, porch that is completely enclosed in windows. Uh, we have very little wall space, actually, anywhere in this house. It's hard finding a place to put a picture. Um, is it more outside? <laughs> is it more outside you feel disabled? No, but because of the disability awareness, it made it so that I built the house so that being disabled made no difference. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, understand. You know, when you asked the question about, you know, do you feel, how did, what did you say, feel disabled or are are disabled? And to me, when I, you know, and I don't have a um, specific disability that would be labeled as such, though I can give you a whole sheet of where I'm not so good. Um, to me, when I, when I feel, and I'll, I'll call it not enough, you know, cause that's when I think we're, we feel disabled. It's more of on an emotional level of not fitting in versus um, an acceptance of maybe something that's your physical body or, you know, physical presence. I don't know. Does that make any sense? I, I, to me, I see it like an emotional and then a, no, but a physical difference. I, I, I can feel more disability when mm-hmm. my environment, when my environment doesn't understand me. Mm-hmm. My environment is also important for me how I feel. 
Yep. So when they accept my disability, it's more easy for me. I, I, I feel less uh, disabled. That, that's what I mean. Okay. Okay. I think feeling the disability is important in the grief of loss of loss of abilities that every one of us yes. has yes. to deal with through life and accepting that grief and moving on is very important. Yes, the, first, the first thing you, you, you told through is my, my, my husband, he is really wonderful for me. So he's important how you, how your disability is, is counting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I really admire, admire the smile on your face because you told me you are disabled, but I don't see it. Good point. Good point. Well, that's one of the things we always say when we do our dementia chats, which we use this platform is, you know, you, you couldn't tell by looking at any of us who's got what, you know. Yes, yes. Half the time, it's me that's not remembering something, or <laughs> you know, and I, I'm not. I'm, maybe I'm just not diagnosed yet. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> I tell you after the show. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we laugh now. <laughs> oh gosh, um, Harry, anything you want to add on the disability factor? Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't see my. Myself is having any disabilities at all. I see other people not being able to understand my limits. Yes, yes. yes. That, and and that that's how I view it. I don't I don't see it as a lack of anything I cannot do because mm-hmm. I am doing as much as I can do. So okay. I'm not. So I'm. I'm not handicapped in any way. Either, either not in the. Is the environment for you important, Harry? And I mean the environment, the people around you. Um, if you're asking me if I care what somebody thinks of me or something like that, my no, answer no, no, no. More, more, more feeling comfortable or not? I I feel very comfortable with myself. That's why I am able to speak out on my dementia. I am I am able to tell people my inner secrets, my fears, because I am comfortable with myself. Okay. I don't have to explain it. By the way, Harry does a great blog. He was my inspiration for starting my blog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, we'll get it back down by the end of the show. <laughs> we'll put you back in your box, Harry. <laughs> yeah, Harry, Harry does right. And so do you, True. Just some great, um, you know, I don't want to call them stories, um, but you're just so heartfelt, you know, over what's going on and you're so honest. And, you know, we don't have enough of, we don't have enough of that information um out there of what it's really like what it feels like and you know it's it's very important so thank you both for doing that i learned from the best (laughs) oh there it goes again (laughs) (laughs) everybody needs the attaboy once oh yeah (laughs) no harry i'll pay you later (laughs) 
Now, Harry, with you, you, um, you know, you started the Forget Me Nots, and you've just kind of expanded and exploded. And um, tell people a little bit more about Forget Me Nots, and then Sentimenta, and you know, all the things that you're doing. When when I started up uh, Forget Me Not, I wanted to have a group that. Um, Everything is, in, everything is in real time. Okay, it's not like a bulletin board where you post a question and several hours later somebody gives you a reply. Uh, I wanted a a place that I felt is safe for us to share or interferes without being judged. Somebody trying to fix us. You know, things like that. That's how that's how Forget Me Not started up. Um, then that kind of grew into so many different groups. Um, like, uh, Nomi Ovidas is the Spanish Forget Me Not group. Um, now, I don't, I don't speak Spanish, but I felt a very strong desire to connect with the Spanish community. And that's why I, why I started that up. Uh, then when I got involved with the Italian group, I don't speak Italian, but I can do, I can do interviews in Italy like this. I can speak to the Italian people, and we speak in emotional. They can, they can get my meaning through my emotions. And that's why I'm a big I'm a big proponent of communicating. You know, they say that that somebody that has dementia you can't communicate with them, and that's not true. No, you may not be able to verbally communicate them yes, with yes. them, but like I can I can communicate with any Spanish community and not understand Spanish. Because yes. we find yes. a way to make each other understand what we're saying. It's the same way with, with my Italian friends. I could sit down. Now, I got involved with them. Is um, An Italian woman was writing a book on dementia. And she's been following me for several years on Forget Me Not. And she asked me if I would write a, a, a passage on her book. And I said, certainly. So I did. And several months later, she messaged me back, and sh she said that a group of them were coming to the United States with the sole purpose of giving me the first copy of the book. Now, the book was in Italian, but um, they, they translated for me. They read it to me and translated it in English for me. And they said that that's going to be translated into English and they will make sure I get a copy of it. But I will always treasure that Italian book. Um, and when they were here in the States, we did several interviews that were um, posted live over in Italy. Now, the Italians, they had, they had no idea what I was saying, but what we did is we used subtitles. 
And the subtitles translated what I was saying. So they didn't know what I was saying. That's why I say you can communicate with anybody. I don't yes. care I don't care if it's mom, dad, grandmother that is in their in their bed and they're in the late stages of dementia. You can communicate with them. Yes, yes, yes. You know, eye <clears throat> contact, things like that. Harry, Harry. I really, I really, I, I love you. I love your, I love your story, really, uh, because we have 25 Chinese uh, nurses here in the Netherlands. They were here for three months, and a group of five Chinese students who couldn't, couldn't speak English. We took them to a, a nursery home, and it was really. I feel checking uh, skin now. It was so marvelous. The Chinese students who didn't speak any word Dutch or English, and the Dutch persons didn't speak any English, the contact was the most beautiful contact I ever saw. They just holding hands, just carrying their skin. Yeah. All day, all day, there was beautiful contact. I really agree. And I, I think it must be forbidden to talk sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's more to look and like it's true, look in the face and not only talk. So I really love your story. Like I love you also, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. I, I feel that. That's my feeling. <laughs> oh, too funny. Too funny. That's <laughs> too funny. <laughs> well, that's, um, that's really cool. Now, you had mentioned that they, um, off screen, that they were going to be coming to America again for a, and doing a conference. Yeah. Um, April, April 18th, uh, the coming, uh, well, the coming prior to that, but on April 18th, we're having a dementia conference okay. in New York. And uh, there we're going to be explaining the seven pillars of sentimenta. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, on April 17th, um, the, um, the author of the book, Letitia, Uh, please don't ask me to say her last name because God love her. I, I love the woman, but I can't say her name. <laughs> but anyway, I wonder where you got that from. No. Yeah. <laughs> she's a, she's she was a long time ago. <laughs> she, she's a master of laughter yoga. Mm -hmm. And um, the uh, it, it was so interesting. When they were here prior to that, we did a Zoom with the the master, master, master laugh, of, of laughter yoga from India. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet him and speak with him. And what an honor. What an honor that was. And so on the 17th, they're coming here to Pennsylvania, and we're going to conduct a laughter yoga course. And I set up a conference room at a uh, at a health campus here in Lancaster, and I'm inviting all my member cafe members and all the all the medical people to come and experience the medication of laughter. Cool, that's cool. Now on the the 18th, 
Um, what are they coordinating that conference, or did they get pulled into another conference? No, no, no. It it it's it's ours. Okay. Um, okay. I I I will send you the the press release that we have, and um, now it's not a it, it's only like a one day conference, mm -hmm. but it's it's broken up that that we speak. Like I speak like for an an hour, an hour and a half, and Letitia speaks, and there's a a, a neurologist from a, a New York uh, hospital up there. She's going to speak. Cool. And it is we call it Sentiment Today, Sentiment Today mm -hmm. USA. Okay. And that's that's bringing that's bringing the sentiment. Uh, um, ideas here to the state okay. and as an example one of the pillars is um there's life after your diagnosis mm -hmm. now how many years have i been speaking that yep another another pillar is laughter laughter gets you over all kind of hardships in your mm -hmm. life you know, things like that. I believe in every one of the pillars of Sentimenta. That's why that's why I'm so involved in it. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll have to see what my schedule is. I think I'm supposed to be out in Rhode Island around that time, so I might not uh, on those dates, but things could change yet, too. So um, that would be interesting to I know people at the airline will get you uh We'll get you transferred into New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. Now, Harry, one of the things you said was laughter is medicine. And I know, um, Harry, you wanted to talk about medicine. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of a nice, nice role in there. So why don't, you, why don't we talk a little bit about that? I can't believe how fast our time is flying here. Yes. yes. May I ask one, one question before to true? Sure. Yes, true. Uh, we are talking about a conversation without uh, words. Mm -hmm. um, do you also feel rich uh, because you can't hear everything? So people have to, to make contact in another way. Uh, rich is not a good word, but, but I understand. You mean but, enriched? No, I, I mean, talking is, is so, so um, liquidly talking. And, and this is more intense, looking at each other. More intimate? I, you know, um, I was raised with that kind of contact. So uh, I noticed its absence, but I don't really... Um, I, I, I guess maybe I'm not getting your question. Yeah, because I, ask, I do ask you this because, as I told you, I worked with deaf children, mm -hmm. and and I I really loved the context because it's it's a complete different world uh, being in contact without words. Mm -hmm. So I had to do more efforts. So I had to do more to do more look inside. And more body language. Yes, yes. So more, I have to be more myself. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a very special contact. That that's my question. 
what 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 I found out is uh, the the hearing problem we have has to do with the higher frequency of sounds. Okay, so when when we can't hear somebody and we say I can't hear you, they have a tendency to speak louder, but they're only in the same frequency, and that doesn't do any good. What I tell them to do is speak deeper, change the frequency of your voice, and you will be surprised if you do that, people can understand you. Yes, but you have to do I do very, very much value more body language. I find that a lot of people are very feel awkward with it. They feel that they are being overly dramatic or that I am being overly dramatic. And they want to put me in a box because of it, you know, and, and kind of... Um, devalue what I have to say because I must be after the drama of things, but I'm after communication and you know, that's their issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 But I, I, I think you, you are a personality and, 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 and you, that's what I feel, but not everybody is so strong to, to say, it is your problem. <laughs> You're right. I also love you too. <laughs> oh, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I learned a lot from you. We <laughs> go together every Friday for dinner, right? <laughs> On Zoom, we're together. I eat dinner with him. <laughs> On Zoom. Yeah, she lives out in California on the West Coast, and I live in Pennsylvania on the East Coast of the United States. But we eat together. <laughs> so, Gear, do you want to talk a little bit about medicines then? And um... yes, it's, it's a hot, it's a hot item in, in the Netherlands more and more, and also all over the world. I have much contact uh, by LinkedIn and, and by, by Skype. Mm -hmm. And more and more we see medicines is, is a hot item to talk about. Mm -hmm. Because problem behavior will always be, uh, they, they give them medicines to calm down, they get them sleeping pills, uh, whatever. And, 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 mm -hmm. and more and more in, in the Netherlands, there are some uh, nursery homes but there are no medicines at all. So what, what is your opinion about giving medicines and, and problem behavior? I, I would like to talk about True, True, do you have any opinions on that? Um, yeah, it's a hot item here, too. In fact, the Eden Alternative, are you familiar with that? Parent? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's practically their top thing, I think. And... Um, I totally agree. It's way over-administered, wrongly administered, you know, especially when it comes to Lewy body symptoms. Yes. It's just disaster. And Harry, what is your opinion? I, I believe, I believe in a holistic approach to medicine. I don't know if you, if you're aware of that. Uh, the, the holistic is, 
is oh, holistic. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's um, uh, it's non medical treatment of of symptoms. Okay, now what happens here in the states if you have if you have like anxiety, they give you a pill, and the side effects of the pill causes more problems than it cures. Yes. But with the holistic approach, what they do is if somebody is agitated, they they look into why is that person agitated and they treat that symptom. They they don't treat this generic side of it. And I, I I'm a strong believer in that and I believe more and more people will go on that route. Now, not that I'm saying stop your medication. That's not what I'm saying. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that um, don't jump to taking something. Find out what the problem is. Yes, yes. I always say there is always a reason why we do the things we do. Yes. Okay, there's, there's always a reason. Now, if you do a little bit of detective work and find out what that is, you could treat it without medical. Yes. I, I, I mean, too, I'm not against medicines. Of course not. No, 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 no. Yeah. But yeah. Of course not. But just giving medicines because of the behavior without searching any search, without doing any... Um, really look at the person and, and mostly we give medicines because the nurses are too tired to, to hear the screaming from, from the from the people but also the screaming is a signal so mm-hmm. when you stop listening the screaming doesn't stop so the problems then don't stop mm-hmm. that is the change we see more mm-hmm. but like like a good like a good example is like if I have high cholesterol the normal thing is you take some kind of cholesterol medicine. Yes. The love use cholesterol. But what I say to my doctor is, is what's my alternatives? What can I can what can I do to reduce? Yes. And I find out the way I eat, exercise and things like that will bring down my cholesterol probably better than that pill does. Yes. 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 I even I even say suppose a person screams all day mm-hmm. be happy that he screams because if you stop the screaming you don't stop the problem great so so, so that's that's my view so be happy he's screaming mm-hmm. there are also persons who don't give any signal anymore they're just laying in bed and don't say anything and that's I'm worried about people who don't give signals or very small signals. So we have to look after also the people who don't give signals. We call them the, the very nice patients. But I'm a bit I'm a bit worried about persons who are really uh, quiet because also they have problems, of course. So be happy they scream. Stop! Don't stop screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And I think I think more people are starting to look at the holistic approach too because we've had so many drug failures. We haven't had much progression in this yes. area, and so 
Um, I'm glad to see some of the social support that is being researched now and valued, um, where before it was kind of just blown over, you Mm. know, and now that's uh, being looked at, I think, more seriously, which is is nice to see um, if it's um, support groups and interactions or um, if it's, you know, exercise and engagement um, or diet. I mean, all those things that can be incorporated are, are, I think, being looked at a little, a little closer. We still need a lot more money to do a lot, lot better job. And again, I don't think there's one person here who wouldn't want to cure. But in the meantime, we need to feel like we're making progress. Yes. And and I I love, um, you know, one of the things I love with my job is I get to see the creativity around the world and how different people are approaching it. And and to me, that just, you know, kind of sparks my fire inside and wants me to spread that because I I think when people hear what others are doing, it makes it easier for them to step into that space and um and try it uh and you know get off the the big thing about the fear of failure and um i think when people have been touched by this disease either personally diagnosed or a loved one um, or working in the industry they see the need um, that we must try we can't worry about failure we have to you know failure is just a tool to success you know, yes. we have to, yes. we have to, we have to reframe that. Yes. And, and to me, you know, like with Harry, what you're doing, you know, with language isn't a barrier. It's like, get out of my way. That's a perceived barrier, you know, and, and many of the barriers out there or the disabilities or whatever you want to call them um, are all wrapped up in our perceptions. And we have a choice of how we're going to live with them. And, in, you know, some are easier than others, don't get me wrong. Um, some of them have um, significant, um, you know, barriers out there um, by our community. But, you know, staying silent isn't going to change those. You know, we, ha- we have to have the conversation. True? Another thing in my mind in the aspect of medication comes back to your sti- staying silent. Mm -hmm. or your patient that has quit giving any problem behaviors. Some people, like me, actually, I'm a very, I have a tendency to like to stay in my corner. I do a lot of watching, but verbal actually is not my top priority. Um, But give me a pen or some pencils and some drawing paper, or something to make music with, then I have a voice. And I think that that is way undervalued normally as means of communication and as means of alternative for medication. Yes, I agree, I agree, yes. Yeah, well, it, you know, those things can all bring inner peace, and inner peace is like the best medication there is. Yeah. And, you know? and, you know, I can't handle much sound. Uh, um, I have always been very, very much on music and such, but I can't handle two different kinds of instruments, 
I can't handle voice and instruments. Um, I can't remember music pieces to play on an instrument, but I have a drum, a small drum. They call it a happy drum that has tongues cut in it for notes that makes very mellow sound. And it's a pentatonic instrument. We Googled pentatonic instruments for instruments that you can't clash. And um, I started out with a pentatonic. I took a harp, a little lap harp, and I took off the B and F strings, which created a pentatonic instrument. No matter what I hit, it, it didn't clash. But now I can't tune it anymore. So now um, my husband got me this happy drum. And having a pentatonic instrument that you don't have to um, remember any consecutive notes to play a song, you just play. You know, hit that one and, oh, that one looks good, and I'll do this one and I'll do that one and I'll do that and I'll do, do that one twice. And it ends up a very positive thing and a means of communication and kind of a meditation. Neat. That's very neat. Um, anything anyone wants to add on medications? Okay. This, this, this is such a beautiful way of, of, of talking with each other. So really, I, I really admire this, this way of talking. I wish we had this in the Netherlands. We have a lot in the Netherlands. We have a lot of new ideas in the Netherlands, but just this contact, I really, I really admire that. Laurie, mm -hmm. I also love you. Okay, Dolly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I imagine that. She is going to be hard to live with now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> well, um, as usual, this has been a, a great conversation, and hopefully people have gotten some insights on it. I, I want to do a, an open mic probably once a month and just invite people, you know, to, to partake in it. Again, I really appreciate everybody taking the time to be with us. Changing times are all around, walking, stumbling, falling down, looking skyward from the ground. These are changing times, straining, listening to every sound. Mist of the night, shadows abound. Memories and people go by. Adults laugh, but children cry.
tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.